Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, well, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Hi, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of IT for Whiskey. My name is Joe Ucia, and I'm my co-host with me today, Craig and Myron. Today, we're really blessed to have a fantastic uh, special guest, Peter Andriana from Continuum 2 in uh, Burlington, Ontario. Hey, Peter, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. So today, we're going to provide uh, a lot of interesting context. It's a little bit of a shifting gears from what we've done in the in previous episodes, uh, not really a an IT specific discussion today. We're really going to look at uh, from a financial aspect of things, how to consider different financial products, insurance and benefits and whatnot to help support your business. And as a business owner, um, what you really need to be thinking about as you grow your business. Craig, how was it at the beginning for you? Did you have the, the benefits in place? Did you know about all this stuff? Did you figure it out on the fly? Like what happened? No, on, on the go, as it went. We didn't have insurance policies uh, for the owners until like four or five, maybe six years into it. You know, how important, and, and I'm, I'm going to let Peter introduce himself and all that stuff, but that's always to me, like I hear so many MSPs that don't have this stuff in place. And I didn't have an umbrella in place until later as well, which I should have had. Yeah. And, and we're going to let you talk, Peter, but even like to this day, I still don't understand half of those things. So potentially I may not be properly protected. I mean, you guys are all hitting on like the main points for sure, especially with, you know, the 
entrepreneur and people think of like the typical entrepreneurs you jump in with both feet and you just start running and that's how you build your business that's what you know makes you successful is you're just getting into it and just running it's actually shows like this and conversations like this that actually open up people's eyes that they didn't even realize that there was a potential need let alone a risk and having these conversations really is sort of the critical turning point for a lot of people to be like hey that never even dawned on me that I should be looking at that you know, you've got business partners. What if one of them passes away? How do I buy out his shares? Where do I come up with that money? I never even thought about that. Do I want to be partners with his wife or her husband or whoever it is? Wow. Now that sounds scary. We never talked about that. Uh, no comments here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Actually, Peter introduced me to that exact concept 10 years ago or just shy of 10 years ago. And he opened our eyes to so many things. And um, my partner and I, we feel very comfortable because we have the right protection in place. But before we get into all that, Peter, why don't you do a proper introduction about yourself? Tell us who you are, you know, what your what Continuum does, and, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, some of the certs you have, and who your typical customer is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the chance to really try to distill what we do. And the reason I say try is because there's kind of so many faucets of it. And really, when you think of a business owner and everything that's going on in a business owner's life, especially on the financial side, there's a lot of different components. And Continuum 2, so the name quickly, Continuum 2 is for the next generation, the second generation. So it's about ongoing, whether it's keeping the business going, whether it's keeping the family going, whether it's keeping the wealth going. It really is about understanding that, you know, it's not a static point in time. What we're trying to look at is this continuum of time. So when we look at business owners, you know, the number one thing that we find is that everything that they have is intertwined. Their personal life, the business life, the personal finances, the business finances, it's all stuck together. And in working with us, we try to unravel that a little bit. And in the simplest of terms, we want the business to be fine if something happens to the person. And we want the person to be fine, meaning their retirement future, meaning their family, meaning their lifestyle to be fine if something happens to the business. And really, that's kind of the premise that Continuum 2 is built on. So that includes things like group health and dental benefits, pension plans through a company, group RSPs, individual insurance, investments. So all of these different pieces and working through all of the needs and really focusing on what is the need here. And that is looking at where are we today? Where are we going? And what's the best way to get you there? So in a nutshell, that's, you know, really the focus of uh, Continuum 2 and looking at all these, all these pieces and really trying to help distill that for our clients to make sure they can understand where they're starting, have a good discussion and ongoing discussion about where they're going, and then really bring it all together with some direction. For those that obviously haven't connected, it's not the same as Continuum, the IT company. Just to make sure. <laughs> totally different company. Yeah, it's not. Although I do get a little bit happy and excited every time someone says Continuum. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you're based in Canada, right? Yep. Burlington, Ontario. So we have our a buy-sell agreement. Perfect. Great. We have some temp life and some some whole life as well. That's kind of uh, merged together. The way we have it is it's supposed to protect us whether, uh, you know, let's say if I pass away or my partner passes away, it protects the business and the family. We have, you know, dual stuff there. But can you explain a little bit? And I also want you to explain how like we can use our whole life as a financing tool for the business. So can you give us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. You got a lot of kind of individual components there. But I guess if we start off with that 
buy-sell agreement, sometimes part of a shareholder's agreement, sometimes separate. But really, that becomes that sort of framework of what if. What if one of the partners passes away? What if someone becomes disabled? What if they want to retire? So kind of all the what-if scenarios. And this is not a document that's just like, let's pull it off the shelf and whatever it is, it is. It really is something that you as partners should be building together that works and resonates with you. Some partners will be fine if like, hey, if they pass away, their wife is going to come and be my new partner. The wife's already working here every day. So that's no different. For other people, it'd be like, oh man, that would be like the worst thing ever. I'm not going to start you know, working with her. So what happens is and then you say, okay, so what are my options, right? And you look at that and you say, okay, well, let's look at all the different options. I got to either save the money in the event that that happens, borrow the money in the event that that happens. I could pay it out over time. So say, okay, you might be owed $100,000 for your share, let's say. I'm going to pay you $25,000 a year for the next four years. And that's what I'm going to pay your estate. So it's going to be a buyout over time. So you look at all the different options. Oftentimes the insurance, if you're insurable, makes a lot of sense because you'll pay pennies on the dollar versus dollar for dollar. And you know, you look at borrowing the money, you're going to be paying a dollar plus. So really, when you weigh out all the different options, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times insurance will make a lot of sense because what happens is you get this lump sum payout that in Canada anyways, that can pass absolutely tax free down through the shareholders and it's through something called the capital dividend account. And having that understanding of what are the tools, what are the pieces and where do they fit? You start working on that plan and you start putting it together and you start building something that really resonates with you. The type of insurance is a whole other discussion. We could have a whole session just on that. But just quickly, you've got your term insurance, which I equate it to like renting an apartment. You rent it for as long as you need it. When you walk away, the landlord doesn't say, hey, I've got some money for you. So on the whole life insurance, I equate that to like owning a home and you brought up a great point, Myron, which is at the end of the day, if you need to borrow against that, just like you could borrow against the equity in your home, the insurance contract works the same. A whole life insurance contract can have that cash value in it or that equity in it that, you know what, you can start filling that bucket and have an asset there that you can then leverage or you could then take it out for yourself as a personal asset. Now, obviously, there's a lot more that kind of goes into it and tax planning and working with accountants and really having a full understanding of kind of why we're doing this and how it makes sense. But definitely, there's a lot of strategies like that. And the thing is, the earlier you get started, absolutely the better because the younger you are and the less it costs you. And also understanding that, you know, the business valuation changes over time. This is something where I see a lot of business owners can get tripped up. They might think of it once and five years go by, six years go by, and now the business has doubled in size and they haven't addressed it. So what happens is you have the shareholders agreement that says, oh, this is great. You're going to get this $100,000 payout. Oh, my share is worth $200,000 hasn't been addressed. Well, where does that difference come from? How's that difference paid for? So really making sure you understand all the different contingencies. How often would you say you should be talking about that topic? Like we we did ours like six years ago, so it's way past its, its time. Ideally, you have annual meeting where you're with your accounting work that you're doing a quick, dirty back of the napkin like valuation and just giving some thought to does this still line up? You might not address the insurance every single year, but it also you know, is based 
on what stage of business that you're at. So are you growing and building? Are you mature or are you declining? So if you look at the life cycle of a business, they often go like that or you reinvent yourself and you go up again. So if you have a mature business and you've been you know, operating for 10, 15, 20 years and that has really stayed static, then you know every five years might be fine. On the other hand, you know, I'm dealing with a business right now. They've had phenomenal growth. I mean, like 200% growth. They really should be addressing it minimum every year because you go two, three years at that kind of growth rate, the number's just gone astronomical and now you're way offside. I have a question about that company, Peter. It wouldn't happen to do with the recent law change in Canada, would it? <laughs> Sorry, what recent change? Think October 17. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're talking about companies growing 200% growth. So I was like, whoa, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, Canada's. No, no, I wish it was because a direct line of access would be good. Because if you haven't heard like the postal strike and everything else, you just can't even get this. St- <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> you can't use Uber for that stuff. <laughs> you can buy it, but we can't deliver it because Canada Post is on strike. Doesn't stop Joe. Exactly. Uber Eats. No, no, no. So if Uber Eats, it's Uber Weed. <laughs> Uber green. Uber green. Oh, I like that. Nice. It's really funny is they, they're starting to, they're even really advertising a lot to, not to segue, but you driving down the highway, get towards the U.S. border and there are signs everywhere. You better not have this on you because it is illegal. You cannot cross the border because, so it's really funny. But Peter, what are from a, from a high level, different types of ways that a business owners or what are different things that business owners need to consider when they're doing the having these annual, you kind of touch on, well, review it lightly, but aside from growth and decline, should they be looking at different product types? Should they be looking at diversification via different type of investment vehicles? Like what do you see business owners doing and what do you see that they don't do that they should be doing? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And actually, I mean, it's a big question because, you know, at the end of the day, so many businesses out there operate so differently. So it's not a one size fits all. But I would say if we're going to look at, you know, kind of some real general guidelines, I mean, absolute minimum is you're going to do your accounting work at the end of the year, profit loss. How did we do? Like I said earlier, I would definitely look at just a simple valuation. Like not, you don't have to go out and pay for a separate report to get a valuation done. It's just a simple valuation. And then having those shareholders, those partners come to some kind of agreement. Like, yeah, I think, you know, it's worth X. Looking at, well, what are, it's like a SWOT analysis you know, at the end of the day. It's like, what are our risks? What are our opportunities that are out there? What are some dangers or threats that, you know, we should be aware of? So us in terms of Continuum 2, we have what we call our internal age. GM annual general meeting. And we talk about the previous year, we talk about what happened, what worked, what didn't work. And then going forward, where are we going and where are we trying to go? And that is all really looking at kind of all of the fundamentals of the business. And you want to consider the personal assets of the business owners as well. When I talk about separating that business success and the personal success, when you look at retirement planning, for example, there are a lot of business owners out there, a lot that all of their wealth is wrapped up in their business or like 80% of it. They've got their house and then they've got this giant business and they have nothing else. That to me is a worry and a danger zone for them because at the end of the day, if something happens to that business, if the industry changes, if the world changes and what used to be a very successful business, all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, which could be a year, two years or three years, that successful business that was turning all of that money and all those profits dries up. If you don't have your personal future planned for and a retirement plan in place, 
piece, you could be finding yourself in a very different financial position than you thought you were going to be. And you've worked all of these years. That is a worry in this industry. You know, you, we, we went through the, the phase from from a VAR, right, where we did we, we charge by the hour, you know, to now where we're, we're an MSP. And then there's there's, you know, now there's the cloud services and if there's constant shift. And, and in those shifts, there's a lot of people that are had a great business model and then all of a sudden, you know, died down. And if they don't have they don't have the things in place that that could be difficult. You know what, Myron, you're, you're exactly, you're, you're dead on. There's some industries that, you know, they've been the same and will continue to be the same for a number of years, although likely there's no business that's not going to face change at some point. I would say IT is certainly going to be one of those ones that's always going to be on the bleeding edge of change. There's going to be different technologies that are coming forward that, you know, this is the new focus. And some of it's going to be, yeah, we should be doing this because it makes sense. And some of it's just going to be the business, a new business crops up and says, I can make money doing that. So I'm going to start pushing this end of it. Right. So really, you've got to sort of keep in mind, like, all of those pieces, right? Even the business cycle, what stage are we at in our business cycle? If we're at the mature, like how are we going to reinvent ourselves? Do we reinvent ourselves? Where are we going? What are we going to do? If you're not looking at that, you're not thinking about it. It's the age old. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. Because if you're not growing, then guess what? The world's changing around you. You're being static. And eventually you are going to be on the losing side of that. So when do you reinvent yourself? Because you also don't want to be too early, right? If you grab, you look at Bitcoin, for example, and all the sort of mayhem that happened around that and kind of where it was, where it went to and where it is today, there were some really early adopters that jumped in. The guys in the middle that thought this is going to be the future. Some of those got absolutely crushed. So you don't want to be too early, and especially you don't want to be too early if you're jeopardizing your core business. Joe, you've been pretty quiet. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? I'm, I'm not quiet by choice. Peter's just, there's so much great information here. Something that uh, maybe the, our listeners don't know, Peter and I are actually really close personal friends as well in the real world. And we spend a lot of time, uh, personal time, talking about things like this. When he starts going on his role about things of this nature, I actually just stay quiet because he's just, he's got a wealth of information and I'm not going to lie. I like to siphon as much of that information as I can. I listen to talks. He's, he's, he's just a brilliant man. So today I am actually drinking. I would have to say it's one of my top 10 favorites, not top five, but top 10. It's the Glenn Levitt. It's a uh, Founders Reserve. The Founders Reserve is a very inexpensive uh, Glenn Levitt, but it's actually not not bad. My preference on how to drink it? Well, you guys on the podcast can see as we're recording this that it's a frozen bottle that is makes it really thick and belly and icy and it's fantastic. For those listeners, just picture like almost um, a very liquidy slushy kind of thing and it's just it goes down so good. Nice. Craig, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Smooth Ambler Contradiction. It is a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. It's 100 proof. I think this one is about $70. Let me see the bottle. So about 200 Canadian. Two, 250 Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this one. I don't drink it a lot because um, because of the cost. But if I were to pick one, this would be a good one to buy. Wait, 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 wait. $70 is expensive? Well, I mean, it's not a daily drinker. When you buy in that many bottles like he does, it could get... I, I do have four versions of Smooth Ambler. This, this one is more the common one. 
one. It's the one with the elephant on the on the front on top of a barrel. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's a good bourbon. I appreciate I appreciate that one. That's the other thing is if we're going to pick on Canada, it would be the selection that we have versus what you've got down in the U.S. We're definitely jealous. Yeah, but you can get all kinds of like, cool water. <laughs> So many types of water you can get in Canada. <laughs> uh, very true. Fresh ocean mountain water. <laughs> I do recommend this bottle. If someone were to pick this up, you try it straight and then maybe add one cube to it if it's a little hot for you, but not not a lot of water. Peter, you, you also like the whiskey. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm a Scotch guy. And it's funny because there's definitely been a big focus on bourbon lately with our circle of friends and the guys we hang out with. And, you know, man, is it ever justified? There's some fantastic bourbons out there. You know, I think of Four Roses and Booker's and Angel's Envy, and which I luckily have uh, at least one of each of those bottles. And the well, the Antique 107, the Welland, talk about a phenomenal deal. And what a fantastic sipping bourbon, like just amazing. And what a great price. Today, I have I think we talked about it either online or offline. We talked about Basil Hayden. Oh, Basil Hayden. Yeah, I saw the bottle. Yeah, I love it. I'm drinking a little bit of that. It's actually uh, very smooth for that price. It's really, uh, it's an amazing bourbon. I don't like it to be too hot, like the way that Craig likes them. This is just too nice for me. Yeah, Basil Hayden is a great one. Absolutely. Apart from insurance, tell me about health insurance or, you know, employee benefits a little bit from that standpoint. And and, and I know things are very different here in the U.S., but the concepts are the same. One of the things that we try to do is always to obviously provide great benefits, whether it's health or or added benefits, right, uh, to our to our employees. What are the things that you see that are kind of trending right now? And how does how should businesses deal with Yeah, that? I think that's a great question. Really, when I think of IT and I think of millennials, because I think those two things can really go hand in hand. And you've got a young workforce that's, you know, really tech savvy. Um, they're not really interested in the age old basic, just my health and dental. They're really looking for more of that focus of like, well, what's in it for me? So you talk about things like paramedicals. So that's your massage, chiro, physio. They're looking at more of the experiences. They're looking at more like, how can I get something out of this that's going to be of value to me, personal impact. You look at healthcare spending account. Healthcare spending account is kind of like a bank account that they can use for healthcare. The nice thing about that, at least in Canada, no tax implication to them using that money. You know, they really look at it as like, wow, this is great. I can go spend that money however I want. So personal choice. I mean, the health and dental benefit world has stayed much the same, but has also changed significantly. You know, the online access, having the apps, making it easy to see what I have, how can I use it, give you direction of where to go. Um, all of those things have really started to be built into a lot of the base plans. And I find that's really starting to resonate with that millennial group, with this sort of more tech savvy group. You know, they love to be able to pull out their phone and look at it and say, wow, I need this antibiotic. And right on the app, it's going to tell you where the closest place to get it and how much it's going to cost there. Not, not just the benefit itself, but the ease of use, the ease of access and things of that nature. Exactly. And then you look at the competitive nature again, you know, you look at the IT industry, very competitive. What are you doing to differentiate yourself to that potential employee pool? How are you standing out from the pack? Are you doing some of these things that really differentiate you and saying like, listen, we get where you're coming from. We know that you're interested in this 
piece that is directly related to what you want, what you value, and really speaking to that employee group and differentiating yourself in a way that maybe your competition isn't. And same thing, you know, on the retirement planning side, you can look at some of these additional benefits that maybe some of the other competition hasn't done. They haven't addressed. And the funny thing about income, I mean, everyone talks about, you know, oh, I just want to make more money. I want to make more money. But the funny thing about that is you could pay them 400 bucks more a month, which is a big number. And you give them six to 12 months. And I would argue that they're going to totally forget that they got that increase. And now the money's just the money. And then they end up talking to one of your competitors that's trying to steal them away. And guess what they're looking at? Oh, they offer benefits. They have a pension plan or a group RSP. They've got all these different pieces. And over here, I'm just getting this, right? So really about understanding the full compensation package. And I would strongly encourage everyone out there to really understand what that means, the full compensation package, and have that discussion with your employees. This is what we're putting towards your employee benefits package. This is what we're putting towards your group RSP plan or your 401k in down in the United States. This is what we're putting towards your salary. Guess what? We're also contributing in you know Ontario and Canada, your Canada pension plan. So you've got the government costs as well that no one factors in. So they look at a lot of times their net pay, like what they get in their bank account, call it, I don't know, make up a number, $3,000 a month. That's what they're getting in their bank account. And they kind of look at it and say, wow, man, I feel like I'm worth more than that. Well, that's not the real number, right? That's not the real number. The real number is ultimately what it's costing the company. And it's not to try to, you know, pull it over their eyes. It's just to have that clarity, to have that transparency. And it's not just the number in your bank account. There's a lot more that goes into what we pay you. Why do you say that? And it makes me want to rewrite our employment agreements. <laughs> yeah. Just to, for that transparency. And, and this is what I was alluding to earlier about with Peter. I always learn something when we have of these conversations. Luckily for for Infinite IT, we have Peter's firm, Continuum 2. They are our everything when it comes to this. They do our benefits. They do our benefit management. They do all our employee support for it, our employee assistance plan. They do our personal life insurance, our corporate life insurance. So we use Continuum 2 for everything, predominantly because of this knowledge that Peter kind of oozes every time. I was going to say about the whiskey, it was because of the whiskey. <laughs> no, it's not because of the whiskey. That, Believe it or not, I, that that took many years for us to, to get to that point in the sense that it was it was a very professional relationship until we realized, oh, wow, actually, you're not just about business. You're actually a really good guy. So anyways, I think I started over dim sum. <laughs> I think it was over dim sum. Yes, it must have been. And that's one other thing that Peter and I do very well is lunch. He taught me that one too. So, but my point wasn't, wasn't that my point is finding an organization like Continuum 2, like Peter's uh, organization is not easy to do. But when you find someone that you, you have that confidence in and how they can impact your business, it's, it's really huge. You know, one of the other things I'm working on with Peter right now is estate planning. Before we wrap up today's podcast, I, I know that our discussions are going to be very Canadian based, but I don't really think it differs that much conceptually from the U.S. in the sense that a lot of us business owners don't realize the impact that failing to plan and, and, and structure estate, your estate properly could have detrimental effects to the, your next of kin. And as Peter alluded to earlier, continuum two being next gen and, and continuum of wealth, where we've been working on this for oh, what about a year, year and a half now, Peter, it's been a long process, but as a complicated one in my situation. So there's, there's reasons for it, but you know, 
the the reality is it is a long arduous process and you need to find someone that can really help you with it and understand your local laws and work with you through that process to build a proper estate plan. Peter, why don't you you kind of share some of the things that you you see business owners ask you or things that you're you're doing that they should or things you think they should be thinking about uh, for for businesses? Yeah, that's a great question, especially in light of timing for me anyways. I just came out of uh, completing this course called the Family Enterprise Advisor Program and it's a year-long course and the whole thing is structured on estate and business and succession planning for business owners and more specifically for business owner families, so family businesses. And when we look at what that means, you know, the family business is the business, usually the operating company. And this really applies for any business that's running out there is like, have you given any thought to what that means for the next generation? Where is the wealth going to go? How is it going to transfer? Are we talking about transferring the shares? Are we talking about transferring the operating company? Are we talking about transferring of the responsibility? And that's usually a big one, right? Like who's making the decisions? Who's going to be making the decisions? And are they fit? Are they prepared? Have you asked that question? So if you have kids that are coming up in this business or out of this business? Is there some vision of them taking over and can they take over? Are they ready to take over? So if there's no kids, there's still the same question is what's the exit plan? And I would say it's never too early to start thinking and considering what is the exit plan? Because at some point, whether it's death or retirement or succession in terms of a child or another family member, at some point, you're getting out. How that looks can be wildly and vastly different person to person, but also how it looks if you plan for it and not plan for it can be wildly different. There absolutely have been families that have lost the family business because they couldn't pay for the taxes that were owed on that transaction. So what ends up happening is they have this giant business, a huge tax bill, and they have no way of coming up with that money. No planning went into that. And especially us in Canada, my God, the tax bills you get here are ridiculous. It's massive. It's huge. But even if you look at a non-family business, no family members in this business, you have two independent shareholders, let's say, so you got partners. What is that succession plan and how does it look? So not just the shares and the buyout of the shares and the insurance, like more of the soft stuff. Who's going to do that job? Who's going to take over that role? And if that role was, say, they're the vision of this company, they're the glue that brings all the employees together. How do you transition that? That's a tough question, right? And just asking the question, I think, prompts the let's start thinking about that and let's start making it part of, you know, some of our discussions as we go forward about at least putting it on the table, at least understanding that at some point there's going to be an exit, could be a year from now or 25 years from now, but what's involved in that and how does it look? And I would say, you know, if anything, business owners, if they're guilty of, you know, one thing across the board, if we're going to generalize, it's working in your business. Now, is that a bad thing? No, it's a great thing. You got to work in your business. But at some points, you got to work on your business. You got to take that step out of the day to day craziness that we're all in of answering emails and, you know, building relationships and putting out quotes and saying like, well, what is what do I want this thing to look like taking that step back, taking that step outside and just really giving some thought. Where are we going? Where are we going a year? Five, ten. That happens a lot in the MSP business. You know, the, the you start the business and you you, you, you go all in and you're 
you're involved in every single piece of the business and you never think about about those things that you're saying to to focus on the business itself not not in the business to focus on the business that's 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 really a big deal you know one one thing i, I wanted to ask about is somebody recently told me that they didn't have any disability insurance for themselves and my eyes just like went nuts because everybody thinks of death but there's more chances, from my understanding, there's more chances of, a, of getting disabled for, for some accident or something. And how do you protect yourself for that? Myron, I, first, I got to say, it sounds like you have a great advisor because, I mean, you, you're really knowledgeable about this stuff. And that is actually uh, what I say all the time. A lot of people, all they think about is death. It's kind of the one that smacks you in the face, no pun intended. But if you look at the stats, you're much more likely to become disabled. And the worst part about being disabled is you're still alive. So there's still a cost that goes along with that. And the funny thing is, you know, I use the analogy of a car, meaning if it had no insurance on the car and I smash the car, I keep working, I can buy a new car. Might take me a long time, but at least I have the income to buy a new car. With disability insurance, if your income stops, how do you pay for the car that you have? How do you pay for the house that you have? How do you keep the business running? I mean, a disability can be so catastrophic on so many levels that a lot of people, they haven't even thought about it. It doesn't even enter their consciousness unless they know someone that this has happened to. And when you look at the impacts, it's huge. So disability, totally agree. One of the top things that everyone should be considering because disability insurance is that stopgap that can come in and help cover some of those ongoing expenses that aren't going away. And you can have disability insurance that's corporate-based, meaning that it's going to help cover the expenses in the business to keep the business running, especially if that business owner is the key person, the one that's driving the revenue and keeping the business going. How do you make sure that a year from now that that business is still there, right? So you have disability insurance for inside the business and you have personal disability insurance. Again, looking at that separation, businesses okay, person is okay. That if something happens to that person, maybe we stop paying your income and we hire someone right away. Like how do we hire someone to fill that role in the company? And the disability insurance covers the income for that person personally. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, you, you, you know, as a business owner, you want to be able to cover and make sure that the business can continue to operate. And, you know, if, if I, you know, God forbid, I, break a leg or whatever and I'm, I'm out for a month or two for whatever reason who's covering for that for that loss and that's that's something that I think a lot of people uh, don't think about and, and it doesn't from my understanding it doesn't cost much it doesn't really cost much yeah I mean there's a huge variance in terms of what's available out there but certainly when you look at the risk that you're exposed to at the very least it should be on the table as a consideration and you should know what you're up against in terms of what are the stats what are the odds and what are the implications if you haven't looked at and you haven't addressed it. I mean, you're taking risks. You just don't realize it, right? It's we don't know what we don't know. Craig, you've been pretty quiet. I know you're you're, you're under the weather and stuff. You got any, any, are you soaking all this in? <laughs> well, I've been in this like you guys for a long time. So it's nothing I've not heard before, but I'm sure there's many listeners that have not heard all these items before. I, I think one of the things that I lack in is the disability insurance, but it's something that I'm actually in the process of looking into. Because when you're young, you don't think that's ever going to happen. I do have life insurance. I think I have two life insurance policies. I think my wife forced me to get a second one. I don't know what she's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> she may have a third and you might not even know it. <laughs> I wonder, having seen businesses catch on fire and burn, 
having a yearly review of your insurance is definitely recommended because you want to make sure you have proper coverage because you don't want to be caught in a situation thinking that you're covered and you're not. And in our industry, in America, I know, you got to have specific type of insurance for all kinds of possible problems that come up with security, leak of information. So you want to make sure you're covered there as well because if a client does become compromised and you are found at fault, you will be accountable for all those fees. So you need to make sure that you have all those areas covered as well because you don't want to be caught in a situation where you're paying money that you don't have. Absolutely. And it's scary because a lot of that insurance stuff is, it's another language to me. I, you know, it's really hard to understand. And, and even, you know, as much as I, I, we, we may be covered, I, I'm, I still don't know if I'm 100% covered or, or if I'm covered enough, you know, and it's, and it's scary. Um, so always find, you know, whether it, you know, in Canada or in the U.S., find someone that's knowledgeable that can help you. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll get all your information to Peter so that way if anybody wants to reach out. As a disclaimer, you know, Peter's a good friend of Joe and he, we, we asked him to come in as a guest that we felt that there was a, a lot of value. Uh, there's no, no monetary stuff for us. It's uh, really just, again, bringing value to you guys uh, or girls or ladies. Um, so Peter, how do people contact you? How do, how do we? Yeah, usually the best way is just to email in this uh, day and age. And I mean, if you Google Peter Andriana, uh, there's me and a doctor, I think, uh, out of uh, New York. It's luckily a pretty uh, rare and unique name, so I'm pretty easy to find. But uh, I mean, certainly uh, email or uh, give me a ring. I'm always, I mean, Joe will tell you that I'm mean, always happy to have a conversation and help anyone kind of, you know, at least have that first exploratory set of uh, questions of, you know, kind of here's where I am and where do you think I should go? Certainly always happy to have that discussion and open up those lines of communication. If we can help and add value, fantastic. If uh, we're not the right fit, that's great too. And I think, you know, that's one of the keys in terms of all of this and admire and I think you hit the nail on the head there is so much that goes into all of this and so much to know and understand you got to work with someone that you trust and someone that can shepherd that along for you and really be a person that you can have that frank discussion and it's not about you know hey like here's the 15 different things and you have to buy these it's about having that discussion like here's what I see here's your risk not having you know any sort of qualms about putting that forward because I think that's an important tough discussion to have and then it's up to you guys to make the decision of like what's right for you, understanding the risks that you're taking. I never expect everyone to come forward and say, yeah, I'm buying all of it because, you know, I see what you're saying because financially a lot of times it's just not that possible. But having that discussion, understanding, so what are my risks? What are the p potential options I can look at? How much is that going to cost me? And then you move forward, at least with the knowledge of the risk you're taking and then the risks that you're covering off and have that person that you can have as that sounding board that you trust to know that they're going to give you a really good, solid recommendation. So we've we've gone longer than we typically do. Uh, um, I hopefully, uh, you know, guys uh, and ladies, uh, thanks for uh, sticking on. There's a lot of information here. A couple of things I want to mention is we we have a uh, email that we're starting to use is social at itforwhiskey.com. We're starting to put some stuff out on the social media. So we have uh, our social media, uh, Instagram at itforwhiskey.com, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, please go to our sites, uh, like us, follow us, uh, all that good stuff. And I'll make sure that uh, we'll make sure that we'll, we'll put uh, your contact information in the podcast description. So that way people can reach you if they want to. And uh, we'll take it from there. Perfect. Peter, thanks a lot again uh, for all the insight. I know that 
like I've said before, you know, when you start, whether you start the business or you're through a few years into the business, these are these are necessary things that that uh, people should be using. You always need to think about these things. It's a protection mechanism. We work so hard for for what we have and to build a business, and we sometimes forget about the essentials. And I will say thank you, Peter, for making me realize what the essentials are. You guys, no, I appreciate it. Cool, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. See ya. All right. Kevin, take it away. Thanks, guys. Waka waka waka. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, guys. It's Wiki Wiki. My bottle doesn't squeak anymore. I am the destroyer. You could have stopped recording a long time ago.